Never give up. Never surrender. Inconceivable! Leave me little notes on my pillow. Told you 158 times I cannot stand little notes on my pillow. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then, hello and welcome back. This is Storytime, and I am GamerDude. Back for more stories, this time we're talking about movies. Well, actually, we're going to talk about movies and another one of my favorite topics, movie tropes or movie cliches. We've done an episode like this previously, but there's so many movies to talk about and so many tropes to talk about, I figured we'll do some more. We're going to do 10 movies again and 10 tropes again, just like we did last time. We're going to change it up a little bit this time because we're focusing on what I consider to be underrated comedy movies today. I'm going to give you my top 10 list of underrated comedies that I've seen over the years. And these date back to even before I was born, some of them. So that's how far back I go when I watch movies. And then the movie tropes, again, these are things that you see all of the time. These cliches, these tropes, these overused devices that make you crazy every time you see them in a movie. I've got 10 more. Believe me, There's more than the 10 that I did before and the 10 we're going to do today. By the time we're done with this podcast, we're going to have hundreds, I'm sure. But today we're going to give you 10 more, and that's after I go through 10 underrated comedy movies. Now, as you know, I've watched movies all my life, and I enjoy just about any kind of movie. I'm not a big one on the horror or the gruesome Saw-type movie. I'm just not a fan of those. That doesn't do anything for me, which Mrs. Gamerdude can't understand because she loves those movies. She says, the more gore, the better. Show me the needles going into the eyes. Absolutely, I want to see that. And I go, <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Today we're talking about comedies because that's where my long suit is. I love the comedies. I love a romantic comedy, a slapstick comedy, a smart comedy. There's all different kinds of ways to make me laugh. Now, I have mentioned on Twitter and I've mentioned in my stream and I've mentioned in other episodes of the podcast, I don't get all comedy. Like these days, there's stuff that passes for comedy that I just don't find the funny in. I'm not sure why things are funny these days that people consider funny, so you're not necessarily going to agree with my choices here. But the reason that I'm giving you these 10 movies is so you can take a look at what I think is funny and maybe give you a different perspective on what is funny and what makes comedy comedy. Now, I have these organized in kind of a hierarchy. I'm going from 10 to 1. And just let me clarify, these aren't the best comedies ever made. These aren't my necessarily favorite comedies of all time. But these are comedies that I think are underrated, that you would do well to spend 90 minutes or two hours with and take a look at and go, oh, yeah, that's a pretty good movie. So these are ones that are a little bit under the radar. You might have to go digging for. Maybe you've seen them. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you've never even heard of them. But they're definitely, in my opinion, worth your time if you're looking for a good laugh. And I tend to gravitate towards comedies during the winter months, which is when I'm recording this episode of the podcast, because there's nothing more boring and more dreary and more depressing Then sitting in the house all winter, it's too cold to go outside, the snow is blowing, you've shoveled the walk, you've got no place to go. A good comedy is a good way to take the chill off a cold winter day, but it's also a good way to perk you up in the summer. So if you're not listening to this episode till the summer, you can use this list then too. So number 10 on my list of underrated comedies is a movie called What About Bob? 
It's a movie that stars Bill Murray, and all I have to do is say that, and that's usually enough for people, because Bill Murray is pretty much good in everything that he's in. But in this particular movie, Bill Murray plays a neurotic patient of a psychiatrist played by Richard Dreyfus, and it's just an interesting character study. The lines are good, the timing is great, the chemistry is good between the leads. I don't want to give too much away because there's a nice slow build that goes throughout the movie. And yeah, there's a lot of stupid stuff that happens. And as in most comedies, there's stuff that you look at and you go, that would never happen. Well, that's true, but that's kind of what makes it a good comedy too. So if you're looking for something a little different, a little off the beaten path, what about Bob is a good one. This next one is a weird little comedy. It's slightly comic, slightly actiony. It's a kind of a hybrid, and it came out in the 80s, starred Eddie Murphy. It's a movie called The Golden Child. This is a weird little thing because it makes very little sense. It involves supernatural dragons and mystical people from Asia and Tibet, and it's just a weird-ass little movie. But It makes me laugh, and it's one of those movies, if I see it on one of the cable channels or I happen upon it in my DVD collection, yes, it's there, uh, I'll say, oh, yeah, I haven't seen that one in a while, and I'll pop that one in or I'll turn it on, and it does make me laugh. I mean, Eddie Murphy, back in the early days of his movie career, he was making some pretty good movies, and this is, although odd and not nearly as good as 48 Hours or Beverly Hills Cop, it's it's still a fun ride, so I recommend it. And as long as we're talking weird, Asian, mystical, mysterious, Tibetan, crazy scenario type movies, that brings me to number eight on the list. This is even weirder than The Golden Child. Big Trouble in Little China stars Kurt Russell. And I don't know what he was doing in this movie. It was like he was doing a poor man's John Wayne imitation throughout most of the movie. And to this day, I really don't understand exactly what was going on in the movie, but it's one of my guilty little pleasures where that's another one that if I see it pop up on cable somewhere, I go, oh yeah, that's that oddball little movie. Let's check that out. And again, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not sure that I could spoil it because if I tried to explain a lot of the premise to you, he's trying to help a friend whose sister is kidnapped in Chinatown and there's a great big underworld thing going on there and there's mysticism and... It, it's just weird, but it's it's kind of funny, and it's it's one of those shake your heads and go, what are they doing in this movie kind of films that's, you know, a nice, pleasant way to kill 90 minutes. Number seven on my list of underappreciated or underrated comedies is Galaxy Quest. This is the one that stars Tim Allen, and it's kind of based on a one-liner that William Shatner allegedly used at a Star Trek convention years ago when he when he told the fans get a life it's about the cast of a make-believe sci-fi show who attend cons all the time suddenly being thrust into a real world science fiction adventure it's really well cast it's really well played out it's really well thought out it's a great comedy and it makes me laugh every time it's on so definitely check out Galaxy Quest it's kind of a highbrow think about it, makes you ponder things kind of comedy. 
And that makes it completely different from number six on my list, which is the first Naked Gun film from the police from the files of Police Squad. It's called Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. Police Squad was an old TV show that was put together back in the, I want to say late 70s, early 80s, by the same people who did Airplane, the original Airplane movie. They did a spoof of all of the cop shows that were on. It was called Police Squad. And it starred Leslie Nielsen, and it was a sitcom that was on every week for 30 minutes. It only lasted about a season, but it inspired three movies after the show was canceled, and all of them starred Leslie Nielsen as Officer Drebin, and it's just stupid slapstick humor. Just imagine the humor from the movie Airplane, but in a send-up of all of the police movies you've ever seen, and that's what you get with Naked Gun. All of them are good, But the first one is the best. If you like slapstick humor, if you like fart humor, if you like a little bit of bathroom humor, if you like people just being stupid, it's definitely worth your while. Oh, and by the way, this is one of the vehicles they were using to try to make O.J. Simpson a star. O.J. Simpson actually appears in all three of the movies, you know, before he had that little problem back in the 90s. This is fresh off of his football career and before his career as a master villain. Another underrated comedy, at least in my opinion, is Keanu. Now, this is only a couple of years old, but I was very pleasantly surprised by this movie. It's a film made by Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele, who I love. And this film, when it came out, I said, well, that's kind of an odd topic. It's about a couple of cousins chasing a cat, but it's so much more than that. So much more than that. The acting is good. The premise is good. There's some great cameos in there. It's definitely worth your while. Check out Keanu if you get the chance. Now, if you're familiar with the movie Shaun of the Dead, you'll know the players in number four on my list, Hot Fuzz. Shaun of the Dead is a great comedy, but I don't think it's underrated. Shaun of the Dead gets its due. Shaun of the Dead is a really good send-up of zombie pictures. It's really well acted, really well written, really well thought out. So Shaun of the Dead really gets its respect. But Hot Fuzz by the same folks, starring the same folks, is a really funny movie. Very, very well written. Very well acted. I love the premise. Again, I don't want to do spoilers on these movies. I'm just going to give you titles and maybe a little synopsis. Hot Fuzz is about a police officer in a small town in England discovering a great conspiracy. But, of course, set to funny. It's really funny. And I highly recommend it. Number three on my list is a movie called Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. It's a weird title, I know. It's a movie from 1995 starring Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes and John Leguizamo, and it's a very complicated premise to a point. You have some very interesting scenes with the leads playing drag queens on a cross-country trip and their car breaks down. It doesn't sound like a comedic premise. It doesn't sound like a comedic home run. But you know what? There's a lot of funny in this movie. There's also a lot of great messaging in this movie. It opens your mind a little bit if you give it a chance, which is a nice little bonus from a comedy. But it's a very entertaining movie. And if you've never taken the time to watch it, do so. It's really good. Number two on my list is a movie that goes back to 1950. It's a movie called Harvey. And it stars Jimmy Stewart, who is, in my opinion, one of the greatest actors we've ever had in the U.S. He was so good in everything. He's particularly good in this. Now, Harvey is not a slapstick comedy. Harvey is not an action comedy. 
It's a weird little fantasy, low-key comedy. It never goes to a full boil on everything. It kind of simmers. The synopsis I can give you is this. Jimmy Stewart has a friend who's a six-foot-tall, invisible rabbit named Harvey. Yeah, that's the premise right there. This is a movie you have to sit down and pay attention to and give a listen to. And you have to shift down a little bit. You have to settle down a little bit. It's not a fast-paced movie at all. This is from the 50s, so it's going to be a little slower paced. The plot is going to develop a little slowly. And it's it's one of those movies you look at and you go, wow, that's that's a pretty cool, that's a pretty cool movie. So if you've got time and you want to go back to the days of kind of low-key comedy, but makes you think a little bit, definitely get your hands on Harvey. Give it a watch. You won't be disappointed. Now, number one on my list of underrated movies is a Jim Carrey vehicle. He's made a lot of movies, and Jim Carrey can chew up scenery and make you crazy. And some of the stuff that he does, I just don't appreciate. He's done a lot of movies where I just go, (laughs) really? But one of my favorite movies that he ever did is a movie called Liar, Liar. And in this movie, he plays a lawyer who, for 24 hours, can't lie. As you might expect, that causes a bit of havoc, especially for the kind of lawyer that Jim Carrey was playing. There are just some great scenes in this movie that just make me laugh. He is so good in them. He delivers his lines. The premise of the movie is well executed. The supporting cast is great. I love Liar Liar. So if you don't pull out any of the other movies that I mentioned, the number one movie on my list for you to check out for underrated comedies is Liar Liar. So there you've got 10 movies. So while you're watching them, you can check to see if any of these next 10 tropes that I'm going to give you pop up in any of them. They may, because these cliches are everywhere. Now, as we talked about the last time we talked about movies, these tropes are overused gimmicks, overused cliches, overused setups that just make you crazy. And it can be anything. Like we said last time, the parking spot that's always in front of the building, no matter what. You never see a movie star try to park a car in a movie. So those are the ones we talked about last time. We've got 10 more. The first one that always makes me crazy is when you have a character trying to tell somebody something important and they're always interrupted. Somebody comes in the door. The phone rings. Something pops up on TV. It's a critical plot point, And yet there's something that stops the message from getting out. It makes me crazy. The distant cousin to this one is also where if the person would just put words into a sentence and explain the situation, Timmy fell in the well the message would get conveyed. But they never say it that way. They say it, I was in the woods and something terrible happened. So they're either interrupted or they don't know how to string words together in a sentence. It makes me crazy. Number two on our trope list today is that scene where the couple has gotten together. They get along great. They wind up in bed together and you know that they've hooked up and that's awesome. We're really happy for them. And the camera cuts to the two of them falling backwards into bed together, naked under a sheet. How often do two people, after they've hooked up, fall backwards in bed together under the sheet? It's just something that doesn't happen. Why do they do that? Now, how about this one? The people run into the kitchen in the morning getting their coffee. Breakfast is laid out. You got a stack of pancakes over there. You got the waffles over there. You got hot oatmeal over here. And then everybody runs out the door and nobody takes a bite to eat. Really? If you're taking the time to make me food, I'm taking the time to sit down and eat it. Usually it's breakfast in the movies. Sometimes it's lunch. Sometimes it's dinner. But it always seems to be breakfast. 
and they all come down, they grab their coffee, they're ready to sit down and have their meal and something comes up or, oh, we're late. And they all scramble out the door with all the food on the table. Seriously? Next up, we've got two weather-related ones that both have to do with precipitation. Snow. Snow is always gentle. Big, lovely flakes falling softly from the sky. Really? In real life, snow is miserable. It comes pouring out of the sky. You hear the hail hitting the car. There's plows going around. People are mumbling and grumbling about the snow being a mess. It doesn't fall like little angels out of the sky. It's miserable. And the same with rain. Rain is never a gentle little rain, pitter-pattering on the top of your umbrella. At least 50% of the time, I'm wrestling with my umbrella against the wind as it whips the rain around underneath the umbrella, gets me wet no matter which way I point the umbrella. Rain is not a pleasant little interlude like it is in the movies. It's a mess. Now, number five on the list, it's where the computer expert says something in computerese. And the hero says, in English, please, don't you just want to smack the spit out of his mouth? We all know that it's something technical. We don't need the line in English, please. Don't be a dick. Just let the guy say his thing and do his thing. You don't have to be a smart aleck about it. Now, what about the people who make plans? All right, I'll pick you up at eight. Now, they've just met. They don't know each other, but I'll pick you up at eight. Where are you picking them up? Nobody exchanged addresses. You don't know each other. You just met. Are you telepathic? How do you know where to go to pick them up at eight? That one always bothers me. Another one that always bothers me, women in high heels. I love women in high heels, but the movies have them wearing high heels in the most ridiculous circumstances. Police officers running in high heels. What about Jurassic Park, the reboot? Not the one that just came out in 2018, but the one that came out two years before that, where Bryce Howard is running along in heels. In heels? In heels? I know women. They they don't like to have their heels on any longer than they have to, let alone go running marathons in them. Chasing dinosaurs in heels. I'm, I'm going barefoot. Women in heels in weird spots, always a problem in the movies, at least from my perspective. Number eight is the scene where the hero walks into the bar. And the TV is always on the right channel to catch the newscast that's most relevant or to catch the alert that our hero is on the wanted list. Or catch the news flash that our hero's significant other is somehow in danger. Every bar that I go into has a sporting event on the TV. There are no news flashes, especially in this day and age. Okay, two more. First is that scene where the person breaks down hysterically crying. Oh my god, the end is near, what are we going to do? And the hero slaps him across the face. How many times have we seen that happen in the movies? Countless, right? How many times has that ever happened in real life? Like, never? First of all, I don't ever remember crying hysterically over something that's gone outrageously out of control. But second, even if I've been mildly upset, nobody's been near enough to slap me across the face because I've been mildly upset about it. it it's, it's crazy. Have you ever thought of slapping somebody across the face because they're hysterical? I might give you a hug, but slap you across the face? Mm, no, I don't think so. The last one is driving. Driving in the movies is always entertaining to watch because the steering wheel seems to move in ways that are completely inconsistent with the road that we're driving along. I know driving. I've driven a car once or twice. I don't really move the wheel unless I'm going around a curve. There is no wiggling the wheel. You hold the wheel. You're going straight. 
you hold the wheel. You gently turn it if you're going into a curve, and that's it. Now, related to that one is this. If somebody's in the car with me, I don't look at them when I'm talking to them. I might do a quick glance, like, bleep, that's it. But the people in movies who have these long-winded, heartfelt conversations while they're driving a car, it makes me crazy. It also makes me think those are the people that I drive behind on the way to work in the morning because they're just so bad at driving. The wheel-turning one reminds me of the old television series, Canon. This goes back into the early 70s when I was just a wee lad watching TV, and I watched this uh, cop show called Canon, and Canon was a private investigator. And there was something about his car, because he was driving it. The wheel was going back and forth, back and forth, back. You would think he was on an obstacle course, how much he was making that wheel move as he was driving the car. Now, I haven't seen Cannon in ages, but my memories of Cannon, the detective, Frank Cannon was his name. My memories of Frank Cannon driving a car were just moving the wheel back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I guess that's how he conveyed the act of driving, but it was kind of like watching a two-year-old in the car seat in the back with a little steering wheel as you're driving down the road, and they're moving the wheel back and forth. That's how Frank Cannon drove. While I'm driving, I have to show some kind of action. Let's move the wheel. It's not how it works. Anyway, that'll that'll give you some movies to watch out for and also some tropes to keep in mind next time you're watching because you know what's going to happen. You're going to be watching for these tropes, as I mentioned them, and then you're never going to be able to unsee them. Once you see them in a movie that you love, you'll see someone come into a kitchen full of food and then leave without touching a bite of it. And you'll go, oh, Gamer Dude was right. That's so annoying. You'll see some woman running in high heels where she shouldn't be wearing high heels, and you'll go, oh, yeah, that makes no sense. But you know what? Those little tropes take away from the, the experience. You want to engage in the whole concept of the movie as you're watching. And when you see something that doesn't ring true, it's jarring to you, and it takes you out of the experience. And that's why these tropes are bad, and that's why I point them out, because they usually pop up in bad movies, or they take a great movie and makes it a little less great because of this lazy use of these overused tropes and cliches. And that's why it makes me crazy. I know. I know. I'm really kind of a nudge about this stuff. What can I tell you? That's that's just me. That's going to do it for this episode of Storytime. Thanks so much for being here. I do appreciate your support. Thanks for listening. And I can't thank you enough for taking all the time that you do to spend time with these stories. It means the world to me, and I appreciate it. You guys take care of yourselves, and until next time, I'll see you when I see you.